show a segment on the fantasy P- fantasy fanatics podcast i'm the co-host for today's episode i'm terry if you didn't know me yet and i am with the person of the hour the hockey expert james kumar what's up man hey what's up uh it's pretty cool intro there thanks for filling in for nate today i know you've had a busy schedule uh yeah. but yeah what's up man not much let's get down to it's all you bro all right, so uh, for today's episode, uh, we'll look at some scores from Thursday night, as well as some games from Friday. Uh, we'll take a look at some of the games going on as well. Um, then we'll just head right into our fantasy hockey pickups for the week. Um, and then we'll preview Saturday's game slate. Nothing too crazy. How does that sound? Sounds good. So let's get straight to it. All right, we'll start with Thursday. Uh, we had the Boston Bruins beating the Washington Capitals 4-3. to three. A uh, good win for Boston here, bouncing back after that blow loss against Carolina in the first period. Evgeny Kuznetsov scores for Washington, and then David Pasternak ties it up for Boston. Pasternak scores again to start the second period on the power play, and then Lars Eller ties it up for Washington. Uh, Jake DeBrus takes the lead for Boston in the third period. Um, Nicholas Backstrom ties it up for Washington. This game was back and forth. And then Charlie McAvoy on the power play gets the game winner for the Boston Bruins. Um, I guess, Terry, I'll start with you. I guess, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, just for Boston side of things, I mean, unfortunately, you did have to start to harass the prior game just to get his, like, wheels under him. Just because, you know, he's out with the injury. And you just come back with the Lions Allmark, I believe, who was in that, and then they just got this win. It was a back-and-forth game against a very, uh, I would say, experienced Capitals team, and they managed to hold them, uh, I wouldn't say scoreless, but they just managed to hold them to lesser goals, and Boston just got more goals as the name of the game usually goes. Uh, I don't know what's your opinions on the Capitals in this situation. Uh, let me hear it from you. Yeah, I think the Capitals have struggled a little bit lately. They had a hot start to the season. Um, I think they're they've now dropped into one of the wild card spots as they had been like a top three team in their division for a while. Um, Boston, on the other hand, outside of last game, they have been pretty hot. Like you mentioned, Linus Olmark, he has been better lately. He had a rough start to the season, but it's been pretty solid um in most of the starts he's had. So I guess great win for Boston. And I guess hopefully um Washington, they can kind of turn things around. They've been on a bit of a skid. So um, yeah, let's move right into the next game here. Uh, the Dallas Stars beating the Buffalo Sabres 5-4. to four. Um, Another really close game. Uh, we'll start with the scoring here in the first period. Rasmus Dahlin, 1-0 Buffalo. Uh, Jack Quinn adds a goal on the power play for Buffalo to make it 2-0. And then Jason Robertson adds a goal on the power play to give Dallas one goal. Uh, then we'll go to the second period. Uh, Dylan Cousins uh, extends the lead for Buffalo 3-1. to one. Uh, and then uh, Rope hints on the power play for Dallas. It became 3-2. And then Tyler Sagan tied the game in the second period for Dallas. It was 3-3. Um, then Alex Tuck takes the lead for Buffalo on a goal, 4-3. Tyler Sagan looks like he had a great game here. Uh, he scores on the power play in the third period to tie up the game 4-4. And then Jason Robertson, a two-goal game for him as well. He scores on the power play. Let's sort of finish things up here. 5-4 Dallas. Um, Robertson and Sagan 
and I guess the Dallas power play in general. I believe they had four power play goals in this game. I guess, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, just with Dallas, I mean, you're finally getting the production you want from Tyler Sagan's big contract. I mean, <laughs> uh, you don't often see uh, or hear about him just because, you know, Dallas is one of those Texas teams. And we all know uh, when it comes to the NHL in those southern states, they don't get as much publicity as you expect from the Canadian teams or some of the teams up north like Minnesota or the Rangers. But um, it's great to see that he is getting a couple of decent games like this. Uh, for Dallas, on the other hand, you're hoping for this team to put away lowly teams like Buffalo that are still trying to go through their rebuilds. Um, outside of that, I mean, a win's a win, as I always say. Uh, and what's your thoughts on Buffalo in this situation here? Yeah, I think they put up a great fight. Um, you know, I know they have struggled quite a bit. Um, another team that struggled has been Dallas on the road. Um, they just, you know, they just can't seem to buy wins for some reason when they're not at home. And this was a, a good win for them. I know the West is pretty wide open. I think we talked about that the last time you were on. Um, and I think Dallas definitely has an ex excellent chance of getting into the playoffs with teams like the Oilers and others slipping. So yeah, a good win for them here. Um, I think uh, they could have played better defensively, but you take the two points when you can get them. So um, excellent win for Dallas here. Exactly. And then moving on to the next game. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets beating the Philadelphia Flyers 2-1. to one. Uh, We'll get to the scoring here. First period didn't have any goals, but we'll get to the second period. Oliver Bjorkstrand scored for Columbus to make it 1-0. Moving to the third period, Patrick Laine scored for Columbus to make it 2-0. And then Jerry Mayhew had a goal for the Philadelphia Flyers to make it 2-1, and that's how the game ended. Um, the Flyers are winless in their last 10 games. Uh, Columbus getting things done here. I guess, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, on the game, I mean, as I said with Tyler Sagan, you get Patrick Line, a guy that uh, was coming from the Jets, if I'm right or wrong. Hockey expert, please correct me if I'm getting these things wrong. But um, it's great to see that he's finally gotten past that fifth goal. Uh, outside of that, I mean, it's the Blue Jackets. They're still trying to get through that rebuild with a couple of their pieces leaving from their last playoff um, appearance and their playoff series win uh, with guys like Sergei Bobrovsky moving to the Panthers as that's old history now. Um, they're just trying to build and see what they can do with the pieces that they have around them. Outside of that, I mean, it's two teams that are just trying to, well, I wouldn't say for the Flyers, but for the Blue Jackets, I mean, they're kind of exceeding expectations in this metropolitan division. I mean, with teams like the Islanders and Flyers, like in situations where they are right now, I feel like the Blue Jackets are overachieving in this division. What's your thoughts on the Flyers in this situation, though? Yeah, I, I don't think either of the goalies, I think both goalies in this game played really well. Um, both Elvis Merzlikens and Carter Hart. I don't think you could put uh, the game on either of them. Um, I think it was just the fact that the Flyers, they they, they just been losing a lot of games. They really can't score a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, I think their last loss against the Islanders, they didn't score a lot as well. Uh -huh. um, yeah, they've been struggling. Um, I honestly don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. They made a coaching change. They, you know, they, they've sort of messed around with the roster a little bit. You got guys like Jerry Mayhew in the lineup now. Exactly. Um, like, honestly, at this point, uh, in my opinion, for the Flyers, they just got to sort of move on uh, to next year, sort of bring the young guys in. I think uh, Cam York played. Um, they had a, a lot of young guys in the lineup. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, young young guys like that. 
um, just coming into the lineup, getting minutes and so on. But uh, yeah, uh, outside of that, it's been a mess for the Flyers this year. And then as for Columbus, um, if I'm not mistaken, they are fifth in the Metropolitan Division. It's a tough division. So um, they're sort of making the most of it. And um, yeah, um, exceeding expectations. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, we'll move to the next game now. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins being the Ottawa Senators six to four. Really high scoring game here. Uh, we'll start with the first period. Uh, Dominic Simone scored for the Penguins, one nothing. Drake Batherson tied it up for the Senators to make it one one. Then Evgeny Malkin scored to give the Penguins a two to one lead. Mike Matheson makes it three to one by the end of the first period. Moving into the second period, Sidney Crosby scores on the power play. It gets to four to one, and then Matheson scores again to make it five to one. And then Ottawa, they start coming back. Uh, Tim Stutzel scores in the third period, five two. Then Josh Norris scores for the Senators, five to three. Josh Norris adds another one, five to four. This game got too close for comfort, and then the Penguins finally put it away. Uh, Jake Gensel in the last minute of the game, I believe it was an empty netter, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he sort of finishes the game off six to four for Pittsburgh. I guess, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, for Pittsburgh side of the puck, I mean, you expect it to win against like bench, not bench team, but like solid teams like the Ottawa Senators. You'll take those wins where you get them and um, you just move on to the next one. I mean, it's great to see that Malkin scoring now since he's missed like, what was it? I believe a quarter of the season, give or take like that. Brian Rust, I mean, like you're just hoping for him to just be assisting guys like, like Tang or Crosby on his on their shots or whether it be scoring when Crosby sets him up. Outside of that, I mean, what's your thoughts on the Senators here? Yeah, I think the Senators, they showed great fight there in the third period coming back. Josh Norris had a couple key goals. I think uh, Pittsburgh, uh, once they get a lead, they really need to hold on to it. Uh, they can't be letting it slip like that. You have a four-goal lead. And then the lead turns into one goal, and then you're sort of scrambling there at the end. They were able to get the sixth goal. But, uh, yeah, um, Penguins, they have been solid. You don't want to complain too much about them. They've been getting the wins. They've even been coming from behind to get wins. They did that against St. Louis and Vegas recently. So, yeah, definitely like the way the Penguins have been playing. And then, yeah, um, as for Ottawa, we know they're in a rebuild. Just the fight they showed in this game was, I guess, great to see. And then uh, we'll move on to the next game here. Nashville Predators beating the Winnipeg Jets 5-2. to two. Um, Pretty dominant first period for the Predators. They go up 3-0 on goals by uh, Ellie Tolvanen, um, Mikhail Granlund, and Ryan Johansson. Um, then heading to the second period, Pierre-Luc Dubois gets the first goal for the Jets on the power play. It's now 3-1. Then Luke Cunning scores uh, for the Predators to make it four to one. Then we head to the third period. Uh, Mark Shifley scores uh, to sort of cut the lead four to two now for Nashville. But then Tanner Janot puts the game away uh, five to two Nashville. Um, I think the Predators had lost four in a row heading into this game, but um, yeah, they they sort of back on the right track. I guess. What are your thoughts on the game? I mean. <sighs> This time I'll deal with the team that's kind of like slumping and having the elite goalie. I mean, with a guy like Connor Hellebuck, you're hoping for the team to at least bail him out, especially in that first period. I mean, it was 3 nothing, and then you're thinking to yourself, man, what's this team going to do to like help Connor like defensively? Then like, you know, they eventually like shut it down defensively until Pierre Ludwig got his goal. But then 
I mean, later in the period, uh, you said, who was it? Luke Cunning, I believe his name is. Please yeah. forgive me for the butchered names this episode. But um, it's kind of rough, especially with a, a lead American gold tender that you get. They don't always fall into your lap. And I mean, it's just rough for the Jets team right now. I mean, they're just swimming in mediocrity. I don't know what your thoughts on the Jets or the Predators, but be my guest. Yeah, I mean, mediocrity, I think, is probably the best word to describe the Jets. I mean, uh, their coach uh, was released earlier this year, sort of middling. Um, I believe they're a couple spots out of the wild card, so they do still have a chance. Uh, they do have a decent record. Um, I think that um, Nashville is clearly the more dominant team. Uh, obviously, I sort of like the Jets coming into this game. They had been playing a little bit better. Predators were sort of on a skid, but both teams sort of reversed their fortunes in this game. Um, definitely a solid win by Nashville. And yeah, um, like I said, by looking at this game, Nashville clearly looks like the better team. Um, they're solidly in a playoff spot right now, I believe second in the central division. So um, both these teams definitely have a chance at making the playoffs. Nashville obviously looks a lot more solid. Um, moving to the next game, I guess we should turn our eyes away from this score. Man, 6 nothing. The Oilers get shut out by the Florida Panthers. Panthers have been unreal. I think in a two-game span last week, they scored 16 goals in two games. That's pretty insane uh, in the NHL. They had another six goals in this game. No goals in the first period, but in the second period, Alexander Barkov on the power play, one nothing Florida. Florida goes up 2 nothing on a goal by Carter Verhage. And then we head to the third period. Barkov gets another one to make it 3 nothing. Anthony Duclair scores on the power play to make it 4 nothing. Sam Bennett also scores on the power play to make it 5 nothing. So the power play really working out for them. And then Owen Tippett finishes it off in the third, 6 nothing. Um Oilers have lost seven in a row. I don't know. What are your thoughts at this point? I don't know. Like, uh, I believe, um, what's the guy's name in Edmonton? The goalie, he's starting for, not starting for them, but, like, he's injured right now. Mike, Mike Smith. Smith, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you lose your starting goalie like that, I mean, you're going to have a rough time, especially when, I don't know, your backup is, what was it, Miko Koskinen? Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Koskinen's, like, known to be, like, a, you know, that backup type of goalie, if you give him a point, right? And he had a pretty lucrative contract, even for, um, I would say, backup standards. I don't know about if you would say or agree with it or disagree with it. But um, when you have a backup like that for an extended period of time, you can tell that it's going to, you know, start to show the wear and tear on, you know, him mentally and physically. And this is why you need like that dual backup, not dual backup, but like that dual starter, like a uh, goaltending tandem we see across the league now. And I don't know what Edmonton's going to do for the deadline, but um, I feel like goaltending is going to be one of the things that they should address. I don't know who they trade off this team, whether it be Evan Bouchard, if that's his name on defense or like some forward, but hey, it's back to you on Florida, man. Yeah, I think uh, for the Panthers, well, I, first of all, with the Oilers, I definitely agree with you. Even when Smith did come back from injury initially, he didn't look the same, and then he was back on the, the injury reserve right after that. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it's really been uh, trouble sometimes for the Oilers. But, yeah, as for Florida, I think I saw an interview this past week with their coach, and he was like, uh, I don't think we do a good job uh, defending in front of Bobrovsky. We hang him up. He said we hang him out to dry too much. If the coach admits that that's how they play, 
I mean, they clearly hung him out to dry this game. He made 40 saves for the shutout. Uh, Bob's having an unreal year. Um, like even their coach Burnett knows that they play a, a run and gun type style. Um, and a, a team like the Oilers that plays like that, I, I mean, they took 40 shots. They weren't able to score. So this is probably one of the best wins Florida's had all year. Um, they've looked so solid. Uh, they're one of the top teams in the Atlantic division as we speak. Um, they're scoring goals at an unreal rate. I believe they're second in uh, goals per game behind Colorado, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, they've just been so solid all year. And I expect them to, you know, do well in the playoffs as well. Uh, and then speaking of the Avalanche, we'll just get to their game next. Uh, they won 4-1 to one over the LA Kings. They have an 11-game point streak, which is insane. 10 wins, one overtime loss. Um, Avalanche playing out of their mind. We'll start in the first period with a Miko Rantanen power play goal to give Colorado the one nothing lead. In the second period, Kiefer Sherwood had a goal to make it 2-0 for the Avalanche. And then Anze Kopitar cut the lead in half with a power play goal. 2-1 Colorado entering the third. Then Nicholas Obey Cabell scored uh, to make it 3-1 for Colorado. And then Devon Taves finished it off to make it 4-1 for the Avalanche. Um, I'll just get your thoughts on this game. What do you think about these two teams? Uh, let me go with the Kings on this one. I mean, they did have that, like, interesting start of the season where, like, they were just, you know, uh, what's the word? God, now I'm going back to my old self. Um, you know, above expectations, especially for this Kings team with uh, the roster they do have around them. Quinn Byfield didn't make his debut until, like, I believe it was this game or, like, the game. Yeah, I think, I think it was this game, actually. Yeah, so Byfield did make his debut this game. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get the win. They go against a Colorado team that's hot like this, as you did say, like, um, an extended point streak of, like, what, 11 games? Mm-hmm. And, like, they have that five-game win streak as well. Anyways, back to the Kings. I mean, like, um, right now they're in a little bit of a slump. I think it's three games as of, you know, this game that we're talking about right now. Um, they're still second in the Pacific Division against teams like the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Flames. And, I mean, they're holding their own against some of the better teams in the league. Uh, sometimes luck does run out. I don't know about you. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Kings and maybe even Colorado in this instance? Yeah, I, I think for Colorado, uh, we pretty much covered it all. They're <laughs> one of the hottest teams in the league right now. They True. moved into first in the Central Division. Um, I think they're scoring goals at the highest rate right now this season. Five, I think you said five-game win streak they're on right now. Um, yeah, they're playing some unreal hockey. They're first in the West now. Um, they're even contending for first in the league right now uh, with teams like the Panthers and the Lightning. So, um, yeah, a really solid overall by Colorado. And you mentioned for the Kings, they're in a weak division, so they are still second in that division. But um, yeah, maybe they haven't been playing their best hockey. So I guess they're just looking to turn things around. They are a decent team this year, so hopefully they can do that. And then uh, getting to a game here, the Vegas Golden Knights being the Montreal Canadiens 4-3 to in overtime. Uh, we'll look at the scoring here. First period, Chandler Stevenson scores to give Vegas the one nothing lead. Michael Pozzetta adds a goal for Montreal to tie it 1-1. Then in the second period, William Carlson takes the lead for Vegas on the power play. And then Tyler Toffoli ties it up for Montreal with a power play goal as well. Moving to the third period, Mike Hoffman scores for the Canadians to give them the 3-2 lead. Then Jonathan Marchessault ties it up for the Golden Knights on the power play. 
Uh, it goes to overtime, and then Shea Theodore gets the winner for Vegas there. Um, uh, it was a clutch win by the Golden Knights, um, but I think Montreal played a solid game. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Montreal did play a solid game until they allowed that Marshall goal. Uh, honestly, I don't know what the save is Canadian team this year. I mean, we've seen what they did the prior year. They made that, I would think you would claim it as a Cinderella run, especially in that uh, Canadian division or Northern division or whatever they called it. Outside of that, I mean, you can see why Carey Price is such a big part of this team. And um, right now, I believe they're playing, what's his name? I can't even remember the guy's Samuel name. Samuel Montembeau, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's not even Jake <laughs> Allen now. So, like, yeah. uh, you do what you, you got to do with uh, whatever you get. And, I mean, good luck next year. Yeah, it's pretty much good luck next year. Uh, they haven't had Carey Price, no Shea Weber. Uh, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. Some of their better players just haven't played well. Brendan Gallagher, Jeff Petrie. Um, the guys they were relying on, Cole Caulfield has had a horrendous rookie season this year. Yeah. Um, not much else to say. They're just, they got to rebuild for the future. They got to get a lottery pick this year. Um, they're in the Shane Wright sweepstakes, as we call yep. it. But yeah, um, they're definitely looking forward to next year. Then as for Vegas, top of the Pacific division, they're the most decent team out of that division that could possibly do something in the playoffs, in my opinion. Exactly. So, um, you know, even getting the win in overtime, a win's a win, like we always say. So uh, good on the Knights. And then uh, one more game from Thursday night. Seattle Kraken finally snapping their, their losing streak. They get a win against the Sharks 3-2. to two. Uh, We'll get to the scoring here in the first period. Thomas Hurdle makes a 1-0 for the Sharks. Uh, and then in the second period, two goals by Carson Soucy, both in that period. 2-1 lead for Seattle. Then in the third period, Kelly Yarncroft had a goal to give Seattle the 3-1 to lead. And then Mr. Five goal man, Timo Meyer, he got a goal in this game on the power play. Uh, to sort of cut the lead down, uh, but the Sharks weren't able to tie it after that. So Seattle gets the three to two win. I guess. What are your thoughts on this game? Oh my God! I mean, you're not going to expect the Kraken to win a lot of games this year. Um, it's not like the expansion team, like the Vegas Golden Knights, is what a year or two ago. Um, this team will be a bottom feeder team, as we all expect. But then they're also going to pull up upsets like middle of the pack teams, like the San Jose Sharks, in this situation uh yeah you're all right mr five goals timo meyer uh it's good that he is doing what he's doing right now on the sharks hopefully he does stay with this sharks team as the sharks do have i don't know one of the lesser like interesting markets in the nhl i don't know if what you would say to that but um what's your thoughts on the sharks here yeah, honestly, for the Sharks, they've sort of been an up and down team for most of the year. I think you could probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, they might potentially be in a wild card spot right now at the moment. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, they are. They're barely yeah. sitting in there. So yeah, they're they're just sort of hanging out in that wild card area. They're one of those teams that can sort of sort of sneak into the playoffs um, if teams like Calgary and and Edmonton and others don't turn things around. So um, yeah, um, Sharks are one of those teams. They're gonna beat some big teams but they're going to lose to some lower end teams they're they're just kind of mediocre at the moment and then as for seattle like you mentioned fully in the rebuild um they're like what 15 uh, in the west or something like that so uh, not too much expectations they just got to take it year by year i think by the three or four year period we can kind of analyze how well 
they drafted and you know made trades in terms of expansion but as of right now we just gotta sort of pop the brakes on that and sort of give them a chance to sort of breathe a little bit exactly and then yeah we'll move to the friday slate i think there are a few games that have finished so we'll look at them um carolina hurricanes being the new york rangers six to three we'll get to the scoring here um in the first period vincent trocek took the lead for carolina on the power play one nothing Seth Jarvis made it 2 nothing for the Hurricanes. Then we get to the second period. Jesper Foss made it 3 nothing for the Hurricanes. Uh, and then Mika Zibanejad scored on the power play to give the Rangers a goal. And then Sebastian Ajo comes right back, makes it 4-1 to one for Carolina. Nino Niederreiter makes it 5-1. to one. This game's getting out of hand, just like the Boston one did the other day. That's it. And then third period Rangers, they have some fight. Chris Kreider on the power play. He's been great all year. Greg McKegg scores a goal to make it five to three uh, Carolina lead. Um, but then Tony D'Angelo finishes it up on the power play for the Hurricanes to make it six to three. Um, I guess just give me your thoughts on this game. I'll say it from the Rangers perspective on this one. I mean, we just played Toronto on what was it, Wednesday, something like that? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so it was Wednesday. Uh, you're playing a powerhouse team like the Maple Leafs. You've basically squeezed out that win from what you were telling me on. Uh, what we were talking about on Wednesday, like the Leafs played great and then they ended up losing the game, something like that. And then when you go up against, like, I don't know, you got the Hurricanes, the top team, the Chicago of the Metropolitan Division. I mean, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. And I mean, in this case, the Hurricanes got their number. Uh, in three days, you got to play like, what? Well, let's be honest, probably two top five teams in the whole NHL. And then, uh, as I just said a sentence ago, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. And, I mean, the Rangers are a good team as well, but sometimes other teams got your number. Yeah, I mean, the Hurricanes, they've just been dominating teams this year. We saw what they did to Boston earlier in the week. Uh, They do it again to the Rangers. Obviously, the Rangers brought it back a little bit. Yeah, this Hurricanes team... They're one of the toughest teams to play against, if I'm being honest. They have like a what a 27-8-2 record, really solid over the year. Rangers didn't have their starting goalie, Shesterkin, in this game. He's been one of those uh, cornerstones for the team. Um, so, yeah, they kind of just struggled a little bit in this game. Defensively, I feel like the Rangers can be a little bit better. Um, the Hurricanes sort of exposed them a little bit in this game, uh, as well as the Leafs did earlier last game. So, I think the Rangers, they need to tighten up a bit defensively if they sort of want to make a deep playoff run this year. But then other than that, I feel like the Rangers still are a very good team. Uh, we'll get to the next game here. Pittsburgh Penguins being the Columbus Blue Jackets 5-2. to two. Solid win for the Penguins here. Uh, we'll get to the scoring. Brian Dumoulin scored in the first period to give Pittsburgh a 1-0 lead. Gustav Nyquist ties it for Columbus. It was a shorthanded goal. And then Columbus takes the lead off of a Boone Jenner goal to make it two to one. And then Sidney Crosby scores a tie up for Pittsburgh two two. Uh, we get to the second period where there were no goals scored. Then in the third period, Mike Matheson he's been sort of on a hot streak. He scored to give Pittsburgh the three to two lead. Sidney Crosby scores again on the power play to make it four to two. And then he completes the hat trick in the third period to give Pittsburgh the five to two win. Um, huge game for Crosby in this game and for the Penguins, four wins in a row. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I believe they were just saying earlier today, um, not even today, but like earlier, probably like 
10 minutes ago, something like that. I think like his 12th hat trick in his career, which is surprising, especially with the generational talent like that. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's a Columbus Blue Jackets team that's like middle of the pack in the Metro. And you're expected to take these wins, especially when your team's fully healthy. I wasn't sure if Gino played this game, but um, the way they played tonight, I mean, it looked like they were fully healthy. I don't know. What's your thoughts on the Pens and the Jackets in this situation? Yeah, we talked about the Jackets. They've been a middling team most of the year. I think they're one game below 500. Probably expect them to get a, a win in their next couple of games just to be even that up. And then, yeah, as for the Penguins, they just looked so solid in this game. Uh, I believe Malkin did play. Um, but, yeah, this was the Sidney Crosby show at this point. He just pretty much put this team on his back and got a hat trick here like he's been doing all year. He's been playing fantastic. And, yeah, Pittsburgh, they look like a contender. I mean, every year people say, you know, they're old, they're going to sort of regress, and they haven't done it. So, um, yeah, I definitely like uh, Pittsburgh and what they've been doing this year. Oh, we'll get to a game. Uh, that you probably don't want to talk about, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Um, it was the Dallas Stars beating the Detroit Red Wings, um, and it was in overtime. We'll get to the scoring here. Um, Ryan Suter uh, for the Stars to make it one nothing in the first. Robbie Fabry ties it up for Detroit. Then we move to the second period. Joel Kiviranta scores to give Dallas a 2-1 to lead. Pius Suter ties it up for Detroit to make it 2-2. And then Dylan Larkin makes it 3-2 for Detroit. And then Essa Lindell comes back to tie it up for Dallas. 3-3 entering the third period. In the third, Tyler Bertuzzi scores on the power play to give Detroit the 4-3 lead. And then Jason Robertson, who's just been playing so well, he scores to tie it up for Dallas. This game goes to overtime and Rope Hints scores on the power play to win it for Dallas heartbreaking loss for the Red Wings, Terry, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay, so for Detroit, I mean, I think I was streaming it, and then I saw the Larkin goal, Butte, as always, and right before recording, it was like 4-3, and I'm thinking, all right, we got this. It's a minute left. I turn around. I get grab a bottle of water. I kid you not, it's 4-4, and I'm like, all right, this ain't going to end well, even though we at home or something like that, and um. I guess like right before you sent the link so we can record, I seen the game winner Heinz and I was like, God, like you gotta be kidding me. Like all of this just for nothing on Friday night. Anyways, uh, that's all I gotta say for the Red Wings. I mean, Bertuzzi always looks nice and same goes with Raymond and uh, Larkin. Outside of that, I mean, uh, Mortis Snyder, hopefully develops into something that we can keep long-term. Uh, what's your thoughts on the stars here? Yeah, the Stars have been getting better on the road. That had been their main struggle. They get two clutch road wins in their past two games. So, um, yeah, good on Dallas. Um, like we said, they're trying to make that push towards the playoffs as the West is pretty wide open. And then, yeah, as for Detroit, they have been better at home. Um, sort of been up and down lately, though. Uh, they did have multiple leads in this game, and they did blow them. So um, it's tough there. Like you said, Bertuzzi's played well. Larkin's played well. I definitely like the offense for this team. Um, it's just another tough loss, and uh, it's going to be tough to catch wildcard teams like Boston and Washington at this point. So uh, Detroit sort of dug a hole for themselves. Hopefully they can sort of um, come out of it and sort of, you know, get uh, I guess make a run at a playoff spot. Uh, whether they get in or not is a, a different question. But, yeah, uh, hopefully they still can do that. 
Um, getting to the next game, New York Islanders, uh, they shut out the Arizona Coyotes for nothing. Islanders have played better as of late. Uh, we'll look at the scoring here. Scott Mayfield scored in the first period for the Islanders. And then uh, Austin Cesarnik also scored for the Islanders. So it was 2 nothing at the end of the first. No goals in the second period. But in the third period, Brock Nelson had two goals to give the Islanders a 4 nothing win. Um, pretty straightforward game, but I guess uh, what are your thoughts? All I was hoping for was a Semyon Varlamo start for the Islanders. I mean, you get a team like the Coyotes, and you're hoping, all right, let's play our like backup against this bottom feeding team. But nah, they put out the uh, franchise goalie against this team just for a warm up uh, or you know training session, I guess. And now they gotta play what the Leafs tomorrow night on Saturday with Varlamo on a back to back. I mean, I don't know uh, if that was a Smartest move, hockey expert. What's your opinion on the Isles and the Yotes in this situation here, man? Yeah, no offense to the Coyotes, but this kind of was a warm-up. What was it, like a 17-save shutout? He didn't really have to do much there. Um, Varlamov is going to get shelled by a lot of angry Leafs pucks tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, it, it's he's going to be a tough start. Don't start him in fantasy unless you're desperate. That's pretty much my advice there. And, yeah, the Islanders have been turning things around. They actually have a winning record for the first time all year. So good on them and then the coyotes we know they're a rebuilding team not much else to say there they've been getting some clutch wins here and there but other than that pretty much looking towards next year um and yeah that's pretty much the end of the recap for friday as the rest of the games are still going on um in the third period minnesota is up on chicago actually the game just finished let me take a look at it here uh it finished uh, at five to one for minnesota over chicago so we will recap this one um, in the first period, Marcus Foligno scored uh, 1-0 Minnesota. Ryan Hartman got two goals in the first period to make it 3-0 for Minnesota. We get to the second period. Kaelin Addison scored to make it 4-0. And then Brandon Duhame had a goal to make it 5-0 for Minnesota. This was just a shelling in this game. Um, in the third period, Dylan Strom did get one back for Chicago to make it 5-1. But that was the end of the game. This game just finished. What are your thoughts? I don't know what to say about this Blackhawks team. I mean, I probably said it like a week or two before I stopped recording with you guys. Uh, with all the talent they have, you assume that they should be like one of the top teams in the Central Division if that's where they're placed. Um, I don't really got that much else to say. I mean, all the talent, you should be winning. Uh, it's great to see that the Wild are taking advantage of teams like this that are underperforming with all the talent on their team. 5-1 uh, win and really got that much else to say winning's winning right yeah i definitely agree minnesota uh, they struggled with injuries but they are sort of turning things around they're sort of sitting in that wild card spot because the three teams above them have played solid in their division colorado nashville and st louis so um they could end up being stuck in the wild card if uh you know they can't keep up the pace but i still think minnesota's a very good team um and then yeah as for chicago things just haven't gone their way this year um, I think Seth Jones, I don't know whether he played in this game, whether he was still on the COVID list, but it didn't matter. Um, they got shelled, like I said, by this Minnesota offense. Um, honestly, you just got to look towards the next game at this point. And then um, getting to the game still in progress on Friday, Vancouver up on the Panthers in the second period, the Ducks up on Tampa Bay in the second period, and then St. Louis up on the Seattle Kraken in the second period. We won't be covering those games as they're still going on. 
So let's move right into the fantasy pickups for the week. Uh, Terry, I'll start with you. I guess, which forwards do you have for the week? Okay. Uh, first forward I have is Alex Apollo of the Los Angeles Kings. 27% owned as of yesterday uh, on Thursday. So, I mean, he's on line one with Kempe out with protocols, and he's been playing nice this past week. Had a goal, three assists. I think he was like even or plus one in the plus minus category. Didn't have any power play goals, but he had, did have the 10 shots on goals. Um, from what Daily Faceoffs have been saying, he's power play one and penalty kill one, so expect him to rack up those shots on goals and a couple of those block shots. Um, next guy I have on my list, left winger Lawson Kraus, 15% owned on the Yotes. Uh, ain't that much else to say for him. Line one minutes with the hot dog man, Phil Kessel, and, I mean, he hasn't disappointed. Had a goal, two assists, I believe, plus two on a Coyotes team, which is surprising. Had eight shots on goals and 11 hits. If he remains on line one, hopefully he keeps the production up. But just ride the wave now if you uh, see him on your waiver wire. My final guy is Craig Smith of the Boston Bruins, 8% owned right winger. Uh, he's on line one with the rat, as all Toronto people know him, man. She's uh, Patrice Burt. Uh, you got to help me out here. Patrice Burt. Uh, I can't pronounce yeah, it. Patrice Bergeron. Thank you, Bergeron. So hopefully you can turn it around this upcoming week. His production's uh, been within the top 200. <clears throat> Had a goal, uh, 13 shots on goal and three hits. As I said, like hopefully he picks it back up since he's on line one. Uh, back to you on your forwards of the week. Yeah, so for my first forward for the week, I had Dominic Kubalik. Obviously, things didn't work out well for him in this 5-1 to one shelling that the Hawks took from the Wild. But I guess in the games before that, he had, what, four points in his past three games. I believe he's been getting time with both uh, Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit at times. Um, especially uh, potentially on the power play as well. So um, I believe he had one power play point in his previous game as well. He's been getting a lot of shots. He's been averaging three shots a game over his past four, including this this tough game against Minnesota. He had three shots. He's been getting hits as well. Um, so if you're really desperate for a winger, definitely check out Kubelik. He's around 30% rostered. Then I'll get to Boone Jenner from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, he's just been playing great. I think he's had, um, I think in his last, what was it, five games, he's had like six points, uh, including this Pittsburgh loss. He had a goal in, he had four shots and two hits in that game. So he's covering categories. Um, his plus minus, I mean, it's been around even or better. So um, he's not really hurting you in that category, even for a team like Columbus. So um, yeah, uh, Jenner, he's also around 35% rostered or so. So definitely go pick him up. Then I have Alex Tuck. For the Buffalo Sabres, he's been unreal since coming back. I think in the seven games he's played coming back, he's had seven points, something like that. Um, he's actually been plus playing on the Buffalo Sabres. Plus minus has been great. Uh, he's been getting shots. He gets hits. He's pretty much one of those guys that will cover almost every category for you. And he's doing it on a bottom feeder team. So he plays both wing slots, under 30% rostered. Go pick him up. And I'll get to you, Terry. Which defenseman do you have for the week? One of my defensemen were yours, so I had to pull a quick audible and call someone up for minus on this one. So the guy I called up was Damian Severson. I believe his name is 12% owned on New Jersey Devils. Uh, first, line, yeah, first line pairing minutes. So if you're thin on the blue line in fantasy, he's your guy probably. 
especially uh, with power play one and penalty kill one on uh, daily faceoff. That's what they're saying. And in his first game back, I mean, he had 24 minutes on ice and five shots on goal. So eventually, hopefully, when he starts to get his mojo back, he'll start producing with um, uh, assists, hopefully, or maybe a goal. Who knows? And my second guy, uh, Shane Gostisberg of the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, 42% owns. Honestly, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but the Yotes have been bad this year, as always. But the bright spots on the blue line with Shane Gostisberg. I mean, first-line pairing minutes with the addition of him playing on power play one and penalty kill two. So expect the guy to have, like, I don't know, maybe like 25 minutes a night, something like that. Outside of that, I mean, that's all I got. But I know the first guy you're going to mention for uh, your defensive, you know, acquisitions. Yeah, well, um, I don't know if uh, which guy was the one that you had, but I'll mention Matt Grizzlick first um, for the Boston Bruins, um, around 30% rostered in leagues. Um, he's just been great since he's come back. Um, I think he even had a five-point game somewhere in there as well. I mean, I think over his past four games, he's been a plus five, something like that. He's playing on the power play. I think he's had three power play points in his past four games, which is crazy for a defenseman getting shots he's getting hits definitely go pick him up he's really solid then another guy i have is Braden mcnab for the vegas golden knights he's mostly a hit specialist in my opinion um he's been in the top 10 in hits a lot of years in the league um i believe he even had 10 hits in one of the games this past week which is pretty insane so um if you're in a league that's like a bangers league or a league that counts hits he's definitely solid he gets shots as well I believe he had four shots in his last game and he was plus one. So definitely really solid. Uh, go pick up Braden McNabb uh, if you're sort of lacking in those categories. And then moving to goalies, Terry, I guess, who do you have? My guy was Pavel Franco, if I did say that right, 43% owned on the Avs. I mean, with a hot team like the Avs at the top of the Central Division and with Kemper did taking a nasty hit like earlier this week against the Minnesota Wild from, I believe, Greenway. I mean, it is going to be interesting to see, like, how the Avs, like, incorporate Franco's when it comes to starting night to night. Um, hopefully, it starts to become, like, a 60-40 split or maybe even a 50-50 split with the two net minus down in Colorado. So, just add him before, like, he goes over 50% owned. Outside of that, I mean, let's hear what you guys say for goalie. Yeah, I'll, I've, a guy I've been pumping the tires on all years, James Reimer. He's now under 50% rostered because he was he did miss some time. But coming back, he didn't skip a beat. He got the win. He made almost 40 saves. Um, and yeah, he's just been solid all year. I mean, just looking at his stats, I think he has like, what, 12 wins on the year. Um, he has a 265 goals against average and a 918 save percentage, which is pretty solid for fantasy. Um, he's also got a shutout on the year. So, yeah, Sharks have been up and down, but more ups than downs when Reimer's been playing. So definitely a guy you want to go at as he is the better goalie of their two goalies. So, um, yeah, that's going to be the end of the fantasy hockey pickups for the week. So let's just move right into the preview for Saturday's games. Um, I guess um, we'll, we'll just uh, go back and forth and pick winners of these games. Uh, we'll start with the first game on Saturday, the Philadelphia Flyers at the Buffalo Sabres. I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on this game? I don't know, man. I mean, I heard Philadelphia got a 10-game losing streak. You got to go <laughs> Buffalo on this, bro. Uh, I don't know if you got 
other opinions on this, but I feel like Buffalo is a lock. What about you, man? No, I might like Buffalo as well. I I can't really say anything good about the Flyers right now, <laughs> other than Carter Hart's been hung out to dry almost every single game, mm-hmm. not getting any goal support whatsoever. And it looks like Buffalo's been able to score some goals. So, um, yeah, I think uh, the Sabres are a decent pick here. Uh, getting to the next game, we have the Winnipeg Jets at the Boston Bruins. Um, Bruins are favored in this game. I guess, which side do you like? And I like the Bruins, especially since they're like eight and two in their last 10 games. Um, Winnipeg's just struggling this year. I mean, you do say that they still have a chance at the wild card, but honestly, with the way this team plays sometimes, I feel like that's not even going to be like plausible in this situation. You may have different opinions, but hey, I got to go with the bad boy Bruins on this. Yeah, I think just looking at it, I feel like the Jets will put up a fight, but I feel like this is Boston's game to lose at this point. They've been playing pretty solid except for that one hiccup against Carolina. I definitely think the Bruins can get the win here. They have been pretty solid. Uh, Getting to the next game here, Toronto Maple Leafs against the New York Islanders. Uh, I guess, give me your thoughts on this game. I mean, if you were in Toronto or if you live in Toronto, you've been hearing about the Islanders and Maple Leafs this whole Friday night or even like Friday morning, uh, whether it be about JT or the goalie situation or whatever. Honestly, I feel like Toronto's going to win this. I don't know who's going to be a net, though. There have been rumors on the radio saying Mrazic's starting, but, I mean, even if Mrazic's starting, you got, like, the Islanders playing, what was it, back-to-back? Or, so give me the release on this, man. Yeah, I think the Leafs have to find a way to bounce back here. I mean, um, that was a tough way to lose against the Rangers. Like we said, Varlamov could be in for a bit of a shelling Jesus. from the Leafs snipers. Um, Matthews had his goal streak snapped just because the puck went off his skate into the net or else he would have had that record. Um, so yeah, I think Matthews will be pretty determined to get one. So yeah, I'll go with the Leafs as well. Moving on to the next game, we have the Montreal Canadiens at the Colorado Avalanche. I think the Avalanche are like what, almost three goal favorites in this game, something like that. Pretty insane. I guess, uh, which team do you like here? If we're just, if we're talking like, Goal favorites. I mean, I'm not really a gambling man, so I don't really know the stipulations on hockey. But I mean, if we're just picking winners here, you got to go Colorado. Next question, as I would say, right? I mean, they're at home, and yeah, they have not lost a game in regulation in their past eleven. So I don't, I don't expect Montreal to go to overtime in back-to-back games. Actually, I think it, yeah, it's been back-to-back games if they go to overtime in this one. I don't think that happens. I think the Avalanche get a decisive win here as well. Um, Moving to the next game, we have the Ottawa Senators at the Washington Capitals. Both teams have been kind of struggling. Capitals are favored at home. I guess, which team do you like? I like the Capitals. I mean, they're that veteran team. Can't really say that much. You got Ovi, Oshie, uh, Tom Wilson. I can go through all the names. Uh, Outside of that, you Playing Ottawa, who is like a younger team, you got to go with the veteran team on this one, man. What about you? Yeah, I think the Capitals, they have to win this game. They've been struggling lately. It's sort of a must win. Um, I kind of do like the Capitals, but I wouldn't count out Ottawa. I mean, I think they have just as good of a chance to pull out this game. So um, if you're an odds person, I think um, with how much Washington's favored, I think there is some value on the Senators. Um, so I think this game should be close. Um I expect Washington to pull it out because I do believe in their team, but 
Honestly, I don't even know at this point. I'll just sort of side with Washington here. Um, Getting to the next game, uh, we have the Arizona Coyotes at the New York Rangers. The Rangers are crazy large favorites in this game. I'm going to roll with the Rangers, uh, even on a back-to-back, but what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it is the Yotes we're talking about here, man. <laughs> um, I don't even know who their starting goalie is now down over there. Uh, yeah, just give me the Rangers on this one, too. Next question. Yeah, I think uh, that one's pretty straightforward, even with the Rangers coming off a of back-to-back. Shesterkin should be net for that one, so they should be able to get the job done. Good. Then we got the Hurricanes at the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, Hurricanes coming off a of back-to-back as well. I guess which side do you like here? I mean, I feel like we're taking too many, like, you know, top-tier teams. I feel like, you know, one of these teams, like, find a way to squeeze this one out, whether it be Montreal or, like, Arizona. Ottawa, maybe. Yeah, Ottawa, too, as well. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the New Jersey on this? I might be, like, pumping the tires too much on this, but let me take New Jersey and feel different, you know? Who cares if I get it wrong? Honestly, with the way New Jersey's playing, they lose to the Coyotes at home. They'll probably beat Carolina at home, knowing the way they've been playing. But, yeah, I think I still have to go with Carolina here. They just look too good. They've been blowing out teams. Um, This game might not be a blowout since the Hurricanes are coming off a back-to-back, but I still expect the Hurricanes to get it done. Then we got the next game. It's the Detroit Red Wings at the Nashville Predators. Detroit's coming off a back-to-back, and they're on the road. I guess, do you think they have a chance? Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me the stats about like Detroit being like God tier when they're home, but then like when they're on the road, they're like mediocre, maybe horrible at best. Nashville is the better team in the standings right now. Plus, you just said Detroit and all that information. Give me the Preds on this, bro. I hate going against my boys, but uh, hey, money's. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Preds. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Nashville as well. I mean, they've just been – I mean, they've been playing well. I can't lie about that. And Detroit's one of the worst road teams in the league. So um, it's really tough seeing them win there. Uh, we'll move to the next game. It's a rematch of that shelling that happened tonight. Minnesota at home facing the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, do you think the fortunes are different in this game, or do you still like Minnesota? What did time like? When we do see those back-to-backs, especially when it's like, you know, they just switch home arenas, they sometimes split. And for some reason, I feel like Chicago is not going to take this one lightly. Um, I'm not sure if Jones is going to play tomorrow night uh, or if he even plays at all. Uh, Just give me the Hawks. I feel like they bounce back on this. Yeah, um, honestly, for me, I think the Hawks' best chance was to win on Friday. And they blew it. So I'm just having a really hard time trusting this team. Um, So I think I am going to go with Minnesota. They are getting healthier as well. So I definitely like that uh, for Minnesota. Um, Then we have the Battle of Alberta. Calgary against Edmonton. Both teams are slumping. Which team breaks their slump? I got to go Calgary on this, man. I mean, there's something about the Flames. and like, I forgot what his name, whether it was Brady or Matthew Kachuk. I mean, he always gets under the oil of his skin. And, I mean, Edmonton's just, like, slumping. And, like, you can see it, like, when guys like Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl play, like, especially for a longer period of time on the ice, it looks like they're carrying a refrigerator or an elephant on the back and, like, you know, 
it's just like a headache to play. And I feel like this physical Calgary team or like this team in general is going to have Edmonton's number. And we're going to hear a lot about Edmonton over the weekend. Honestly, I think Calgary's the better team as of right now in this game. But I mean, if there's any game the Oilers are going to snap their streak, <laughs> it's against their rivals, the Calgary Flames. So I guess just for that reason, I don't think the Oilers are the better team by any means, but this just feels like a game where like it's got to happen now or else when is it going to happen? That True. kind of thing. So, um, and I mean, the Oilers are at home, so why not do it at home as well? So I'll go with the Oilers there. Um, and then one more game, Tampa Bay Lightning at the San Jose Sharks. Uh, looks like Tampa Bay is coming off of a back-to-back. I guess, which side do you like here? I'm watching this Ducks and Tampa Bay game right now. And I mean, it's not a shelling, but like, Jesus, you expect the Lightning to be putting up better of a fight. Uh, three nothing right now if you ain't watching it, uh, the Ducks and Lightning. So, uh, I mean, if the Lightning don't find a way to win this one on Friday, I got to go with the Sharks for some reason on Saturday. I don't know I mean, about you, but what you Yeah, think? I think I'm going to agree with you. Um, Andre Vasilevsky is playing in this game, which means he probably doesn't get the start in the Saturday game. So uh, it looks like James Reimer is getting the start for the Sharks. He's played pretty well. Sharks are at home. It's a tough building to win in. I, I definitely like a lot uh, of value on, on the Sharks team. So, yeah, give me San Jose. This might be one of the few upsets uh, on the card. So um, definitely a great slate here. Um, I guess any last thoughts from you um, after the preview? I ain't really got any thoughts, especially since hockey in my forte like you and Nathan. Um, thank you for calling me up for the minors as always, especially on short notice. Uh, appreciate always having me on. Uh, any last thoughts from the hockey expert? Yeah, honestly, um, we've seen large winning streaks and large losing streaks coming out of the, the break there. Um, you've got teams like the Avalanche just sort of soaring out. Uh, Carolina's played well. Florida's played really well. And then you got teams slumping. You know, we talked about the Flyers, um, you know, like teams like Arizona, Seattle. Um, Chicago took a beating in their last game. Um, New Jersey hasn't looked that great lately. So, yeah, there's just uh, large winning streaks, large losing streaks. It looks like the Islanders are turning things around as well. I still don't think they'll be able to make the playoffs, but I guess you never know. But, yeah, um, it's just uh, I think in the East, like we talked about, teams are sort of um, shaping out to be, you know, like the the top eight. And then for the West, it's just wide open. Um, Any team um, that are below the Sharks, pretty much have a chance outside of like maybe Seattle and Arizona. But I guess other than that, um, most of the Western teams, if they go on some kind of winning streak, they definitely have a chance of getting in. I like the way Dallas has played lately. Maybe they have a chance of getting in. I will definitely have to see about that. But yeah, um, I think we pretty much covered everything. So yeah, that's going to be the end of everything NHL for this week. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll be posting pics for all these games as well as NFL and NBA. So definitely check that out. Check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Just make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave comments, reviews, all that good stuff. And yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, Terry. It was great talking some hockey with you. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.